<laughs> this is the, the most morbid introduction to the show we've ever had. This is the moment where Sad. good men die. Yes. This is the moment when all the fun ends. Welcome to Game of Bones. <laughs> Game of Bones, we're here to take... Ruin the, your day. Yeah, we're here to make your day just feel bad. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the hump day. Truly the worst day of the week here on Game of Bones. Yeah. We're the most... Fun it was like day a of the scoop week. of the brown brew that we have here, a little little pot of stew. Anybody want some of this? Mm, what's in it? Oh, I've got some fish I caught four years ago around the bottom. <laughs> just just ignore the grease at the top. Do you have any coppers? Uh, no, I have some silvers. We only take coppers here. Silvers. What about rubbers? Actually, I would. <laughs> I'd actually prefer if you trade me half of that fat pigeon that's around your waistband right there. I'll take that. I've you got know, I some two uh, fat horse meat burgers. If that's of any interest, that's the big deal. Oh gosh, that's here gross. At the moment. That's <laughs> gross. We don't, we don't mess with that around here. You know, I haven't read into that because I'm afraid to ever eat in the UK. It's so funny. I read that they have a. Uh, Chips there. They call them chips, but they're actually fries. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and then crisps are potato chips. Yeah, crisps are chips, and chips are fries. So do you guys, not to go off topic here, this is a sad, sad goose. We're trying to spice it up a little bit. I, I put two words in that one word. But uh, do you put, what condiments do you put on your fries? I know this has nothing to do with anything. The listeners might start yawning right now, but I'm actually curious. On your chips. I was ketchup. Gonna, do you mean no, yeah. uh, ketchup and also vinegar. Eric, remember when we were eating at the Three Broomsticks and I pretty much got a basket of the malt vinegar things and yeah. just dumped it on the fries? Mm-hmm. That's why. It's because that's how they do it in the Britain lands or in Sweden, as you uh, as it were. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Do you know who'll never get to eat fries ever again? Eric? You know who won't be eating anything <laughs> ever again? <laughs> Eric. Uh, except through a hole in his throat? The. Is it nettered? It's nettered. Oh, God. So yeah. here it is. We uh, we don't have Micah today. We're recording at an odd time because it's what we have to do sometimes to get you guys an episode thrice weekly. But it's uh, it's sad in two ways. Now that Micah's not here, now that Ed officially is no He's longer here. He's not here. here. <laughs> He's not here. Nope. Do you think it was um, – I mean, I, I, I guess we should have all seen this coming, right? And do you think it was cool because what, we've George R. R. Martin? The show? Well, that, but also Ned rhymes with dead, and he <laughs> lost his head. And Arya rhymes with Arya. Arya rhymes with. Uh, um, it doesn't rhyme with anything. I picked a bad name. Karastaria. Jamie rise, rise, rhymes with brainy, so he's Lamey. smart. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so, but 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 anyway, I guess Arya has been developing. This is the first time we saw Arya in a while. She's been she's been developing a very odd sleeping habit, which is that she sleeps on her sword needle. Yeah, and that's pretty badass. That's pretty Smart cool. Girl. Yeah, I mean, she's had to do it because she one day went to sleep and woke up without her things. Um, I hate when that happens. Except for needle. So, is it bad that when I was reading this chapter, uh, especially around the beginning, because it starts out and we're seeing from the perspective of Arya. You know, it's actually strange because it's the point of view chapter where Ned is murdered, essentially, but he's not the point of view character. So we're with Arya and she's just kind of traveling around the streets because she's left. I mean, if you guys remember the last chapter we did is when she was escaping. This is basically the falling action from that. She's just mm-hmm. walking around the streets and messing with uh, pots of brown stew, which is pretty much the only thing that she can eat. And the only way she can get it is if she trades a pigeon that she catches for it. 
to me, I think it's funny, but I was reading it, and when Arya kills the bird, I was just thinking, of, I was like, Selena, a badass, <laughs> like, it's cool. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, Selena. She's, yeah. she's Arya. What does she do? She, she, so Arya walks up to the, the bird, like, kicks it, and then quickly, as it tries to fly away, she swipes at it with her sword. Well, she caught it with her hands and broke its neck. I'm just oh, glad right. that you didn't think of me, because you thought that's the kind of stuff I do in my spare time. Well, listen, because no was, one's supposed to know about that, Zach. <laughs> so you live pretty rustic, right? Like yeah. you guys have running water and bathing utilities and all those kinds of things. No, I mean, we just we go to this facility they have in the nearby village where you can bathe once a week. But right. um, you have to pay them. This is actually where it ties in, because I was thinking while I was reading this chapter. Oh, well, that's what I have to do. You have to pay them in pigeon. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're really, really lucky, you get some soap, but that happens very rarely. <laughs> Eric, so, did you know that Selena works in her spare time when she's not writing for com? That's H-Y-P-B-L-E.com. <laughs> uh, she works at an inn called the Ragged Flagon, and she's a waitress there. The Ragged Flagon. The Ragged, the Flagon. Ragged Flagon. That's where the local Thieves Guild hangs out, and she, that's where she works. She's a waitress. She's a server. And that's why I thought of you, because... I remember when we were in Chicago for Leaky, you tried to pay for our drinks with coppers and no one would mm-hmm, accept it. Mm-hmm. That was weird. I know. It's hard to be Swedish. It made me think of you because Arya's a girl, you're a girl, and you're the only girl on the show. She's pretty much the only girl in, in the books that stands out at this point rather than Sansa and, and Danny. But, I mean, they're not as young and they're not as nice. They're not as kind, yada, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, I think that Arya stands out in general because she's she's so young that you get so surprised because like when Danny does something badass, even though she's only 14, she, you know, she's, she's married and she's pregnant and she feels like an adult. Whereas Arya, you're so aware of the fact that she's like, what is she? Eight, nine. And she's running around doing all this stuff, you know? It, it, it's kind of more like reading Potter in this sense, because yeah. you're, you're putting yourself in the eye of a, of a kid that's so moldable. And, and, and you know, going forward in this chapter, she, is moving through the streets and she's doing all these things and she's messing with the guards and she's trying to basically just get food. And Mm -hmm. when the talk of the town turns to the bells tolling, she's hearing all of these things, but we're, we're seeing like this naked guy talking to his wife or, or plaything or whatever. And she's kind of just brushing off the fact that he's naked and and touching her. (laughs) But from her perspective, she's just like, what is that? That's weird. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like an interesting, it's such a, a weird juxtaposition that George is writing because we're literally going from a chapter where a shadow priest was casting spells inside of a, inside of a tent. And now we have someone who doesn't really understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why she's so sympathetic to the readers as well, because they can say so like, she's not like a, you know, she, she doesn't hold any cards, but she still somehow manages to like scrounge through. And it's not easy. That's another thing about her life is that. It's so hard because she has no comforts anymore. Unlike people like Sansa or even Danny, who can, all these things are happening, but they still have friends. They still have people on their side. They still have something. Arya has nothing. But she seems more in her element this way. Mm, She does. She manages. Like, she gets by. Yeah. She's in the capital of Westeros, or and and she's like sleeping in a place called Flea Bottom. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with with her her rabbits and and the various stews that she can get her hands on. But there's always bells going off, uh, including these summoning bells, which we learn are happening in this chapter. And you know, I I just it's got to be scary. Yeah, and she doesn't have a wolf. No wolf. No coppers no silvers um everything was stolen she has no currency she's debating whether or not to steal a lemon cake from a stand i believe and 
it's the perspective shift that I was talking about earlier was, it, I think it was a perfect fit for us to see the execution through her eyes and not through the eyes of Ned because it almost softens the blow a little bit. The yeah. show was a little bit more graphic and it it, cha- it changed mm-hmm. up a little bit. It, it handled it a little differently, obviously. You know what I also think it does? Um, and I was thinking about this while reading it because I was actually, I mean, it would have been great to get Ned's final thoughts, but I think with changing, with making it Arya's perspective, George R. R. Martin is sort of being very cleverly, he's very cleverly stating that this is not the end this is the beginning because if we'd gotten it from Ned's perspective, it would have been like a goodbye to his character. It would have been like, "Oh crap, our main character is dead." <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> what are we going to do now? But this this way, yeah. we see it through the eyes of one of the characters that'll actually have to be left to deal with the fallout of it all. So it's sort mm-hmm. of it's like the beginning of Arya's journey as opposed to the end of Ned's. It's the assurance that life goes on. Yeah, you know, otherwise the book could end this way. You right. know, with like a Ned chapter. Well, that's why they did it. I think in the show, so final. Yeah, because it was so shocking to the yeah, viewers. Yeah. The tone, the finality, and the tone was so staggering, and they used it as a mechanic toward the end of the first season to sort of close the season. But I mean, in this case, we still have lots of book to go. Essentially, not lots and lots, but there's a lot of words, and yeah. we have many more books and many more pages ahead of us. So seeing it, you know, when, when we, when we heard his sort of speech in the show, we got to see all of these dramatic shots, like behind his neck, showing the crowd, the shot of his face, just looking out into the crowd. So vulnerable. And in the book, we can only assume rather than see. So the show kind of gave us another perspective that I think that was really valuable. Mm-hmm. And then in this case, when he's, admitting these wrongdoings. I mean, essentially what he said was I plotted, which wasn't the case. This is a total, right. total lie. He said, right. I plotted to murder Joffrey and then take his place as King or as regent or whatever. And that's not the truth. He just thought he had to say that. Yeah. yeah. He was it's trying the, to it's say this twisted Sansa. version of reality that, that, but the thing is he's been begged by his daughter to come out and say this so that he, he might live another day. Right. But in the book, we don't get any kind of perspective on Ned, what he's thinking, what other people up on the court are thinking. We don't get to see shots of, of the, the maester. We don't get to see, we don't get to see any of that. We just get exactly. to hear him say it. And then we get to hear what happens. Although I, I, I did think it was clever how Arya is told by Yorin not to look. And it reminded me of, I guess it's in season two of the show. Somebody is telling, I think it was Arya, even her character, the story of how, like when something traumatic happened to him, maybe it was the hound talking about the fire and then he can still feel it or still see it. And it's just those moments in people's lives that get burned into their eyelids, you know, essentially when they close their eyes, they still see it. And Yorin basically saved Arya from having that happen to her where Mm. she could relive Ned losing his head over and over and over again. If she had seen it. Very, very true. It's a very good point. But I think, I mean, we just going back briefly to what we were saying about perspective it's one of the things I think that the show actually does better because we were talking about how seeing it from Arya's perspective means that it's focusing on the story continuing. One of the things we got in the show, which we completely didn't get from the book, in this in the first season, we got to see, as Eric said, we got to see um, Cersei's reaction. We got to see all these people that Arya doesn't notice here, so we don't actually know how they're reacting to it. Um, but then again, as you said, we get to see some other people's reactions like Varys's, who comes across very differently than he did in the show, as far as I remember, because he's actually 
explained to be running forwards as though he's like trying to stop the execution himself. I was shocked when I read that. Me too, because yeah. it seems so out of character from the very neutral person that we've come to know from the show, doesn't it? You know, in the book, he it said that she saw him running and flailing his arms, yes. like, like as if to stop. Varys like, think, flail. Think of how cool. <laughs> he probably would have made it to, to, to He probably would have been able to stop the execution had he not been wearing those damn slippers. He couldn't get traction. He couldn't get there fast enough. He couldn't get the traction. So damn Ned lost his head. Put some and all hell broke tape loose. on the bottom of it. Varys very clearly knows that this is going, and it's unexpected. You know, even in the show, there was this where Cersei is like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, she was you know, supposed because- to. She actually doesn't want to kill Ned. I mean, she wants to see him dead, but she knows that it would just ignite too many wars. I think this is even said, talked about in the, one of the previous chapters. Like, really, it's in everybody's best interest that Ned doesn't die. And the fact that they have foolishly given this choice to the to the new I king know. as sort of his first act of business. And he sees it as being this big proving point where, as long as I am king, no, you know, uh, treason will go unpunished. And... You know, I, I, it's a really defining moment for Car- for, for Joffrey, of course, but everybody else who's older and kind of more more understanding knows that this is not supposed to happen. Yeah, no, the the, the book did a really good job of of making. I see, I see what George was doing here. He set up the the tumultuous, just loudness and the mob psychology of the crowd as beginning with the bells ringing beginning with the rumor mill of of what Ned had done essentially the people in the crowds were saying oh he murdered Robert slit his throat in the forest that's what happened some people were like no uh, the queen poisoned him you know no Varys poisoned him all these different all these different scenarios it was just a rumor mill so he was painting it that there was so much undecidedness and that no one really knew what had happened and as we sort of move forward if this was a track we get closer to the the finish line the crowd is is going crazy. They're jumping up on wagons, trying to see stuff. People are getting whipped off of the wagons. They're trying to get a look at this. She is bloody because she had fallen to the ground and like skinned her hand open and tore off half of her thumbnail. And in that state, she's climbing the statue of Baylor, trying to get a look at what's happening. Like it's that crazy, and mm-hmm. that. I believe is what actually pushed Joffrey into that direction to make this decision. Like the crowd was there. He was excited. It's like a musician when they're on stage and they start breaking their guitar. It's like, well, why the hell not? Like everyone's watching. Let's do something. <laughs> that's what he, that's what he did. Like, so when he made that decision, I think it was a snap. I don't, I don't even think it was planned. I believe it was a snap decision in Joffrey's mind. Yeah, and that's why everyone reacted so boy crazy. Getting so excited about all the power that he suddenly has. These people are that's cheering for him, chanting his name, you know? So he's like, hell, let's give him what they want, you know? Because as Ned made his speech, people are throwing rocks. He actually gets hit in the face and a huge gash in his forehead, which would be a big deal if he would have lived. But I mean, <laughs> when I read it, I was like, well, that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was still really sad. That's a good point. And, you know, Joffrey, this is his first act as king, and it's to behead somebody else. So he's going places, clearly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I just cannot see this getting any better for us. <laughs> you know, his first, his first act is to destroy our favorite character. Although, admittedly, he's flawed. Ned really shouldn't be in this position to begin with. Maybe we're um, just on the wrong team, guys. Maybe we just need to be on Team Lannister and we'll be like, yay! <laughs> I look good in Lannister gold. <laughs> yes, you do. Let's uh, let's talk about the ship for a second. The ship that Arya had to really oh, like change subject. I got subject. excited yeah, there for a Arya second. Comes, You're saying you Arya ship me in Lannister gold? Ship. 
Nobody saw Arya him. comes across the boat that's still there to take her home to Winterfell. And the Sea she Witch. Wa- the Sea Witch. The Sea Witch. Doesn't like, it later get renamed that- to the Sea Bitch? I think it does. Or is there another ship called the that's Sea Bitch? That's actually my private yacht with a hot tub on it. <laughs> the Sea Bitch? Yes. Oh, no, that's um, that's Theon's uh, sister's ship. It's not the Sea Bitch. Y- yes. I have a st- <laughs> On my yacht, I have a statue of Eric in bronze. <laughs> Wearing wing shoes. Oh. Wing shoes are in this year. It's beautiful. Well, until winter, and then it changes. To snowshoes. Winged boots. Winged actually. boots. Iron boots, so you can walk on the bottom of the water temple. But yeah, I, so so many elements in this in this chapter where it's basically like a purgatory. You know, Arya's walking around, her father's still alive. Even by the next chapter, they don't know Ned's de- dead yet all the way in Winterfell. So this is really like a purgatorial chapter where... You know, at the end of it, obviously Ned is silenced, but Arya is being pulled away and is being, you know, transported. She's got her future ahead of her and really just moving forward. Yep. But what had to happen, which was Ned's death is the catalyst for the the war to follow, did happen. Are you trying to say, Eric, that this chapter is the real crossroads? No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. I can't keep being crossroads. Well, you can argue that – I mean, Joffrey had a choice, right? I mean, both his mother and Sansa, who have the hearts of women, weak, you know, have asked (laughs) for for, for mercy, um, you know, for Ned. And Ned himself – Yeah, damn women. So weak. Damn women. Here's the question. Like, if Ned was allowed to go forward from that point, how would he continue knowing that – knowing what he knows about Cersei and them? Would he have to be true to his word that – you know, because he said those words out loud that he plotted against the king, would he begin a career of like self-flagellation and and punishment? He'd go you know, to the wall. Of, That's well, he goes. That was his only. But wouldn't way it be out. badass if he teamed up with Jon Snow and together they took down, like took shit down? Well, yeah, that would be yes. awesome. And then I mean, they could. The um, he could tell them about his mother. And we'd hear everything, and then it'd be done in two books. No, but you know the thing about Ned though was that I think ultimately, as sad as it is to say, I think that his usefulness was done. I don't think. Yeah. I think after this point, Ned had no position of power. Robert was gone. Um, Rob is off fighting some war for Winterfell, which is quickly going downhill, as you know we see in season two. And I think that Ned didn't have, wasn't in any position of power to do anything about the Lannisters. And the only person who actually could potentially could is Stannis. And he already knows because Ned already sent him the message. So Ned has served his purpose at this point. Joffrey took one look across the Sept of Baelor and he said, kill the spare. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. And it was over. No. It was over. Joffrey's Voldemort. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. Yeah. They're both. together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So owns of the episode. I got him. I, I said on Twitter that I would. So I got I to gotta give it to Joffrey. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and I feel like Joffrey is a little snot and he doesn't deserve anything. But come on. I mean, he... He yeah. owned. <laughs> we can't deny that he owned. Also, this he had that sweet velvety cloak made for him that had both stags and lions on. Right. It, so I that, mean, that's. that's I cool. mean, honestly, yeah. Joffrey at this point is like a little Christmas tree. I, <laughs> <What>? Sure, sure. <laughs> yes, He's a little Christmas tree. Little Christmas that was exactly tree. what I was going to say. I love sitting around it for the holidays, <laughs> opening presents. Joffrey, but thank you. 
he's got he's got like all these girls he's got all this power he's a 13 year old boy who's like the the fun the funnest thing in the world for such a cruel little boy is the power to kill people and he's exercising that power and he's on top of the world it feels like christmas probably for joffrey right now yeah a little snot <laughs> i'm gonna have to give my own to mrs aria and by mrs i mean miss because she's not <laughs> yet wed but she gets my own of the show because of this when the execution was about to happen and this wasn't in the show and this was super awesome she literally pulls out her sword and dives into the crowd like Gimli in Lord <laughs> of the Rings and just starts slashing people and climbing them. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, just read the book, toss guys. Toss me. But, yeah, toss me. <laughs> Don't tell the elf. <laughs> Not a word to the elf. No, uh, she just jumps into a teeming array of Urukai and starts climbing them because they're about the size of Urukai to her. All she can yeah. see is her belly and waist, and she's climbing the back of this woman. Like, she doesn't care. She's a little girl. It's okay. Like She can't get in trouble for hurting anyone, really. And so she just starts slashing people and climbing and climbing and going crazy. And I'm pretty sure she hurt a lot of people. So she gets my shown. There you go. My own has got to go to Yorin, who is, or can be seen, can be construed to be the only man in this chapter with a plan, which is a plan to get man Arya out of plan. there. Obviously not to brush his teeth, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has like Dornish wine or sour wine is what it said. Um, on his breath, yes, but he's the one who gets Arya out there, comes up with a plan. I believe he's cutting her hair. He's just holding her head by the scalp, and she says, oh, you know, she feels the, the tears hitting our lips. I think he's going to cut her hair for her. Um, That's he's nice the one, of him. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's the one escorting her out. You're going, a cut boy. Yeah, this boy, that boy. She's like, I'm not a, and he says, not a very smart boy, are you? So he's got the plan. She has yet to see exactly what it is but he's doing the right thing being a bannerman you know of stark and being you know having or or at least having loyalty towards getting her out of there yeah and thank god for him right because otherwise i mean gosh otherwise what would Arya do Arya would have nothing if she did she was in a rut she was you know the words of Sirio pharrell helped her to kind of survive on her own for a little while but she does need further guidance she needs a bigger hand at this point Gendry? otherwise she would she would be yes. the biggest forced, hand. <laughs> she'd be forced to live hand to mouth, like on the streets of Flea Bottom, for <laughs> a lot longer than is good for her. Right. Um. So, definitely Yorin for for ex. I want to say excavating, getting her out of there, excommunicating her out of King's Landing. Yeah, well done, Yorin. If you have thought of any comments at all about this episode, you can send us to them various ways. If it's a long-format comment or concern that you have from listening to the show, you can send that to us via email at contact at gameofowns.com is our email address. It works. If, if what you have to say can be said in 140 characters or less, you can send it to us via Twitter. Our Twitter account is twitter.com slash gameofowns. Also, we have a happy Facebook page. Which happy is Facebook, Facebook page. Game of Bones is very happy to see you. Drop the happy; it's cleaner. Drop the happy. <laughs> we go. have a uh, we have an impact. We have a passive Facebook page. <laughs> we have a Facebook page that doesn't care. <laughs> it's there. It's there. We posted a photo of the uh, the ad from the New York Times today. Did you guys see that? Yeah. That uh, yeah. dragon shadow ad. So my question, Selena, as a journalist, uh, how would you feel about your article being covered in a shadow? 
it's well, barely legible. <laughs> right. Well, as a as a fan of dragons, I would think it was pretty cool. But yeah, that's an ouch. <laughs> so uh, take a look at the bottom left. I want everybody that's listening to check this out with us, if you would. The Lion of the Desert. Tell me what kind of yeah. foreshadowing that is. Hmm. Right. That means Lannister is going east, or maybe the Lannisters are going to go kill Danny. Ooh. Maybe that I love the happen. I love the highlighted quote. Quote: This will be a world class metropolis. <laughs> King's Landing. Uh, start at the bottom. <laughs> flea bottom. That is. It doesn't fit at all. <laughs> iTunes exists. It's a place where we sometimes send our episodes, and by sometimes we mean every time. And a lot of you guys download it through there and or listen to the website. It's a thing made by Apple that makes it easier for you to subscribe to our podcast. They make things like computers and podcast engines. And inside of that, you can find Game of Owns if you search Game of Thrones or Game of Owns. And inside of that, there's a little place where you can write a review with five stars. Yes. When Varys, um, when Varys was running in his slippers to stop Ned's execution and tripped and fell, I heard he fell on somebody who tried to give us less than five stars. Well, that did happen. <gasps> no. And then yeah. they died. True story. <laughs> it was it was terrible. So yeah, February is still here. We've got a few days left and the special is still continuing. The one where Eric said, didn't you say Brienne of Tarth will give them five kisses or something? Uh, I say it was weak, but I said it. Hey yes, now, hey now. I think that Selena, that don't is be a jealous, very, okay? Don't be jealous. Very appropriate. Leave Brienne alone. Okay, I'll change it up a little bit. If you guys still want to make a write and review something sexy time that would be funny enough, we can read on the show in the month of February instead of kisses. Something Brienne sexy will, time. She will grant you five wishes instead. So what did you guys get up to while I wasn't here? Yeah, well, she's a genie now. She's in a bottle. Sometimes they need to be released. It's more like a vase, really. It's the middle of the week, but there's still one episode left, and we do have a very special little treat reserved for all of you that listen to this show. Like like candy? It is. It, is it sweet? Yeah, well, it's from Sweden. No, it's not. Will it rot my teeth? <laughs> it will if you never brush. And you might not have time to brush because you'll be so wrapped up. Hey, Eric, you remember our Facebook page? Yes, Zach. Well, the Facebook page is only accessible, really, if you have a Facebook account. I see. And if you have a Facebook account, you may be interested in distracting yourself from the rigors of everyday life with a titillating video game. How titillating? I don't know, Selena, how titillating is it? <laughs> it's pretty damn titillating. I don't know if you guys have heard about this new uh, official Facebook game called Game of Owns Ascent, which Ooh. is absolutely fantastic. I actually started, I wrote up a story for Hyperbole about it. It just went into beta mode a few days ago and I started playing. My character name is Danny Dark. I've already established <laughs> a stronghold called the, the Fortress of Goo and I've got myself a banner man and I'm basically, basically I'm just ruling, owning everyone's asses in Westeros and I'm there finding that pretty awesome. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, if you guys haven't played it yet, I've fully suggest that you check it out because it is awesome and on friday's episode we're actually going to be speaking to the creators of this game so you'll get all kinds of fun behind the scenes info about how it all came about and other stuff <laughs> if you guys would like to prepare your bodies for friday's episode just to be ready you can try the game right now it's an open beta you'll find the link in our show notes and i suggest that you all team up with us because we'll be playing a little bit and come help protect the Fortress of Goo, because invaders <laughs> yes, suck, please. and we all should be on a team together. Yes, I think we should. If you can actually make teams in that game, it's going to be fantastic. I guess that's yeah. one of the things we should ask the guys about. We should. So guys, here's a call to arms. Come find the game on Facebook, join our team, and help us defend the Owens. Yes, help us own Westeros.
Westeros. Together. We need your help to own Westeros, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wednesday. Here comes Friday. I'm Zach. I'm Selena. I'm Eric. Who wants to say Don't let it go first? to Ned's head. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> hey, that was perfect. Perfect. <laughs>